or nerding out because of Comic-Con on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. I am uh, joined today by the one and only Vincent Shen. How are you? I'm doing very well, Sean. Comic-Con. This is going to be a very fun you, uh, episode. You, you happy? Oh, yeah. I saw some of the footage and uh, you know other news that's been, that came out of the event over the weekend, and it's very exciting. A lot of cool stuff, like movies, and interesting, and it's great that we can tie it into some investments and stocks like Disney, Time Warner, stuff like that. And uh, in the interest of full disclosure, we did not get to go. We are not that well connected. It is, it is extremely difficult to get in there, but uh, we, we, we never left watched everything on YouTube. Um, so bunch of movies uh and none of them were uh, avengers related but i guess that movie just came out but um i did want to talk first and foremost about uh, the major movies that came out and then we'll kind of bring it back around because this is the motley fool we do care about investing uh bring it back around to the companies that are responsible for these major major movies um so first and foremost uh we'll just you know deal with possibly the biggest movie of this year uh first which is star wars episode seven that's what I want to talk about the most, to be honest. Yeah, that's you know, we can. I'm more than happy to devote a lot of time to that. The but, numbers uh, behind that, I do have franchise. my Batman T-shirt on underneath this show, so I have my Superman shirt, so it's okay. Yeah, good. All right. Um. So uh, first and foremost, uh, what did you what did you like most about the Star Wars panel? Like, what did you? I think that honestly, no title in movies has really built up this like following over generations you know the originals came out in late 70s early 80s and then you had this generational leap with the three newer films that george lucas released and now you have again another what it's been maybe about 10 years at this point since Mm -hmm. the last release again another jump and the buzz and the hype it is hype that is building up behind this film and what they did at the event to kind of feel that even further is incredible. Which he, included bringing out Harrison Ford. Briefly. You know, bringing out a bunch of the original cast, Mark right. Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, um, having a lot of the new cast there. And then at the end of their event, showing this behind the scenes footage that I personally love. Cause it uh, wasn't, it wasn't a preview, but it wasn't a behind the scenes thing. It was like a mix. It covered, you know, like, you know they yeah. had, they spoke to the cast and things like that. And then after all that, bringing the entire crowd of people, thousands of people out for an impromptu concert where they basically performed Star Wars like related music with the I think it was the San Diego Symphony Orchestra, Orchestra. yeah. Like fireworks in the air, like they they really went all out for this knowing you know, I think Disney understands how important this title is for them this year ever since they purchased Lucasfilm back in 2012 that has to be I always marvel not marvel marvel but just marvel <laughs> at uh, the brilliance of that move because now they can have Star Wars rides at Disney World like it's yeah we'll get to that um, yes, so what did you, all right, another next one that I see here that I want to talk about too is of course Batman v Superman of Dawn of Justice um, they actually brought out the whole cast um, lots of jokes and all this stuff yeah, Jeremy Irons Ben Affleck Henry Cavill um, we got our first glimpse of uh, Gal uh, I'm gonna butcher her name and she's awesome and I'm really sorry Gal but Gal Gadot I think that's it I apologize if it's wrong if you're watching my Motley Fool podcast Gal <laughs> um, you saw her actually in the trailer that they showed um awesome and uh there's there were a lot of doubters you know a couple of months ago about this movie but the i think that this trailer silenced a good chunk of them although i have met a few people that aren't 
still quite sure what's happening, including you. Well, the problem is in this, the the problem is with the whole DC universe right now is you know you've seen how well that Disney and Marvel have been able to basically monetize all their yeah. intellectual property there, and they've turned it into this blockbuster franchise of, at this point, like over, I think eight or plus movies, and you know the Avengers movies each year they come out, and some of the you know the Iron Man movies, Thor, every year they come out, they are. They're connected. Top five, top ten highest grossing films of the year. Right. And having everything connected, it's you're basically keep building on what is a proven, proven idea and popular franchise with viewers. And with DC, they've had these kind of fractured, they had great success with the Christian Bale Batman series. And now they're trying to build. Superman Returns in later 2000s. That was awful. Well, another lone movie. And now with, I feel like this. Batman vs Superman movie. They're is going the first in. build out of that wider right. universe where the characters from different movies get pulled in together, like they do in Avengers. And I think that's where the big potential is. That's for them. the big money because it's ninety percent guaranteed you'll make a bunch of money yes. if you have these connected films where you're going in a direction. And this will, of course, um, lead us to some kind of a Justice League type Avengers ripoff type movie later in the decade or in the early 2020s. Oh, absolutely. That's, I'm sure they have a well, it's Dawn of 10, 15-year plan yeah. for their releases, just like Marvel did, setting up you know, each release of, be it a Avengers style movie or individual right. uh, new hero. Like We have Ant-Man coming out this weekend. Right. That, that preview. I don't know if you saw the preview on Monday. That's so funny. Um, supposedly, Ant Man is the funniest Marvel movie, like critically. Like, so I've heard as well yeah. that the the reception's been good. But all right, let's move on next. Moving on, yeah. Um, you had Deadpool, which supposedly uh, stole a show. I was not there, but I had multiple uh, commentators and podcasts say that Deadpool, the trailer with Ryan Reynolds, and it's like the crudest f bombs everywhere. Um, but uh, that stole the show. Was the preview and Ryan Reynolds coming out and all this stuff? Yeah, this one is yet another Marvel. This movie. one's coming from Fox. Yeah, but the overall, you know, Deadpool's Marvel, Marvel character. Doesn't. Yeah, and so again, like you can see how Disney's got its fingers right. in everything. Um, but there's a lot of. I think Star Wars and Deadpool actually came out probably being the most with the most positive buzz and well received panels at Comic Con. So that's again a really exciting release. I think it's coming out next February. Yeah, and I'm personally really excited for that as well. Like after the Star Wars, right? Wears off. You can you simmer know. for a month and a half, and then exactly. <laughs> um, Quentin Tarantino uh, did a panel with his uh, new film coming out, The Hateful Eight, which is yet another western. I'm hoping he sneaks a samurai sword in there though somehow. Uh, I'm, I'm a big kill. Bill I've fan. not heard as much about this one, so it's I, yeah. So this was the other Marvel film. So um, they obviously didn't have a panel for anything Avengery. There was no Thor. There was no. They didn't have any of that. But Marvel still, you know, did present a few things, including X Men Apocalypse, which is basically the climax of their X Men series. Um, and uh, they had a huge panel. They had a preview, even though it's going to come out in a year. But they had, I mean, Hugh Jackman, Jennifer Lawrence. They were all there. Um, and uh, I'm not a huge X Men X Men person. I didn't see Days of Future Past, even though, as I understand, it's a terrible, terrible mistake on my part. But um, they were there, so uh, it's it's very smart we'll talk about this in a little bit but you know we're talking about how like it's very smart to have all these movies connected because then you basically have this built-in audience and you just mint money sure um and that's important because star wars episode 7 donna justice batman v super and donna like these have 200 million plus dollar budgets including adver- including the advertising and marketing budget were hundreds of millions of dollars it's, for each of these films. you can't blow that it's not <laughs> so you think it's funny how 
you know, when you think about these blockbuster films before you look at, you know, the global box office receipts and you'd be like, wow, you know, 300 million, 500 million, that's incredible. But, but they spent. You gotta look that. at the budget now yeah. and see, you know, look how much they spend on marketing. Like, was this really that profitable for them? Right. And, uh, it's just that, like even um uh you know, I have a young son obviously so I pay attention to this sort of thing but even that Minions movie which didn't get well received critically but it made 150 million dollars in its opening weekend it beat Inside Out even though critically it's better it's just because it has this built in every kid in America oh my god the Minions those little yellow guys it's like, an established you yeah know, character from the, the Despicable Me, Despicable right. Me franchise right so um, the last one was Suicide Squad again another superhero focus and this is and this is DC's other yeah, offering. This is going to build into I'm sure that universe as well, you know, big cast. I thought the trailer looked great. Um, you know, I think it'll be really important again for Time Warner. We can talk about you know, I a little bit. The um the, that trailer was interesting to me too as well cuz uh during the panel they had, you know, Will Smith, he's playing um an assassin. I can forget the guy's name. I think it's Bullseye. Anyway, uh, you had Viola Davis of uh, How to Get Away with Murder, but she's playing a DC character named Amanda Waller. She's basically a quasi-government type uh, uh, leader who assembles these villains of the DC universe together to be a task squad to do some good. And then if they screw up, well, they're bad guys. They're supposed to. Um, so there's plausible deniability there. So, um, But you had Margot Robbie from... Um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. She's yep. playing Harley Quinn, the Batman villain. It's a great as, cast. Yeah, and uh, you of course saw Jared Leto as the Joker for the first time. Very sounding very Heath Ledgerish. Yes, very creepy. So yeah. Very- <laughs> Uh, and uh, last but not least, and uh, we didn't do any financial data for these guys, but we're about to move on to the business side of things. But uh, you also had Warcraft, the first to be that. So yeah, I actually had not heard about that because I was like so. You know, it has a Lord of the Rings feel to it because you basically have a bunch of orcs fighting. <laughs> Did they have any information on like what they're expecting the release timing to be? If it's it's going to come out next summer. Yeah, okay. it's going to be a year, maybe, maybe not a franchise. It kind of depends on um, you know the financial returns that this thing gets. I was very curious because uh, we talked about how Blizzard makes a ton of money. Off, you know, they have eight nine million users a month of Blizzard, the, uh, not Blizzard, World of Warcraft, the video game. Sure. And, uh, you know, like 10 bucks a month off of that stuff. But it's slowly ticking down in terms of usage. And I'm wondering if this will reignite that or anything along those lines. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, a tentpole, if they make this into like a big tentpole film right. and it does well, that's going to put plenty of interest in the video game franchise as well. For sure. Very good. Well, uh, we're going to move on to the business side of things because, uh, you know, we're obviously investors and, we, you know, if you want to get in the action, this is how, you know, basically what's going on in these companies. But before we do, I did want to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. So moving on, um, (laughs) more or less there's three companies that are going to benefit from all these movies. Um, You, of course, have Disney, which, you know... Is, in my opinion, the one that has really done a great job under Bob Iger, like, bringing itself into the modern era. You know, everything they release in the theater trickles down into their other segments very well thought out through yeah um you know 
their consumer products and things along those lines. So just to give you an idea, so studio entertainment segment at Disney makes up about 15% of their total, total revenue. That's ticked up a little bit um, from uh, recently, and it's about 12% of their operating income. Uh, and they enjoy about a twenty-one percent operating margin. So, pretty it's not. It's pretty profitable. It's not like outlandish. Yeah, anything. but you have to keep in mind now. So we've been talking about Star Wars, of course. And I was actually thinking, like, how can we really predict or even get a feel for the amount of money that the film is being the first of? I'm sure three is going to create in this Look, new. Take what those things made, adjust it for inflation, tack on another thirty percent. That's how much it's going to make. So, <laughs> in total, the. The previous six films have generated about $4.3 billion in box office streets, receipts. Very impressive. We're talking about billion, multi-billion dollar right. franchise. And that's not films. adjusting for inflation, because obviously the 1970s and all that. But we are, but really, when you look at Star Wars, you have to look at it holistically. And it's not just the movies, but the video games. It's the toys. And the to- I like to bring up the toys because... That is actually the biggest piece of the pie. So there's estimates out there that the Star Wars franchise overall has generated about $27 billion total from uh, DVDs, the TV shows, everything. And the biggest chunk of that, $12 billion of that, is from licensing for the toys with Hasbro. Wow. And there's been three, about two... Uh, like main generations, the original toys that released with the first movies, then from like the early ni- the mid nineties through the two thousands, they had the second generation. And guess what? There's going to be a whole new released. Hasbro's already uh, showcased some of the new toys that they're coming releasing sure, yeah. with, with the Force Awakens, and it's exciting. And you know, like like we were saying, um, you know, that's going to flow through as well to their parks. Bob Iger's talked about how he's really focused on releasing some very impressive epic Star Wars-related rides and uh, resorts through the Parks and Resorts segment, which is... Would you like the vacation on Tatooine, Vince? That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, And right now, you know, the stock is trading at about 23 times their 2015 earnings. They're also paying a 1.1% dividend. Not expensive, in my opinion. Disney's dominant name, media. It is the dominant name, media. Yeah, if you had to pick a company, it'll be here in 100 years. I was actually surprised at how, um, obviously, Disney's a little bit pricier, but um, the other, you know, the other two companies that stand to benefit this, of course, 21st Century Fox and Time Warner. Time Warner owning DC and Batman and Superman and all those guys, but um, they're all relatively in the ball uh, same valuation ballpark. They all uh, 21st Century Fox trades for 20 times forward earnings for this year estimated. Um, Time Warner's at 19, as you mentioned, Walt Disney at 23, and uh, their returns on equity. They all it's kind of weird because you know you never know what's going to happen one year from one year to another in terms of just entertainment and box office and all that, but. Um, returns on equity for these guys have ranged from nine, uh, nine to about nineteen percent in terms of returns on equity. So uh, good, not great, and uh, uh, obviously the the best one there and the most consistent one is Disney. They pretty much make fifteen to seventeen percent returns on equity every single year, no matter what. Well, the thing is, like to kind of wrap that up, that up too, and the the way I look at it comparatively between these big three companies, you know, they have lots of impressive titles announced at Comic Con. Is that I feel like Disney has diversified every title between their segments so that you know obviously you have to keep in fact that the movie should needs to be successful in order to really drive toy sales or video game spin-off or something along those lines but assuming even modest success they're enable they're able to move into these other segments you know there's a reason why at Warner Brothers their studio entertainment their you know 
the studio basically makes up about 45% of the revenue. The, the movie bigger. needs to much do well. Yeah. You know, they also release more titles, about 21 to 23 titles per year, and they want, you know, and they have already had at least 10 of those be related to the DC universe. But at Disney, you know, we're talking about 15% of revenue, just from the films at least. Right. But then when you branch that out and everything else, it's a more significant percentage, but it's also a bit more diversified. I also think that overall, you know, there's definitely some risk with these companies. The valuations aren't sky high. And you know they're they're old companies. They've been doing business for a long time. People love movies, but when you are f- basing so much of that performance on maybe nine films a year or five films a year, like it's been at Disney, if you even have an, if you even have one flop, big flop that you put a lot of investment in, hundreds of million dollars, like we talked about with the budgets, right? Like John Carter of Mars, massive write offs with that a few years ago. It's just, it is, there's definitely some volatility in the fact that you're depending on flop. these. I forgot about John Carter. <laughs> so, you know, there is there is that inherent volatility when you're depending on, you know, this handful of titles doing so well each time. So, uh, as a foolish investor, uh, I think it's pretty clear that Disney's kind of the more... For me, thing. personally. I can't argue. That I, I'm more of a DC more than a Marvel guy, but uh, as an investor and a foolish one... Uh, I mean, Disney's just this. It is staggering how it, how smart they are with what they do. The thing I would leave off with that is, you know, Bob Iger kind of ushered Disney. I feel like into this this modern era with all these different uh, these properties, just moving away from just animated films into superhero films, and now Star Wars, even like sci fi flicks, and it's done. You know, this stuff's done incredibly well. People think he has done great job leading the company and the thing is you know he was supposed to retire in 2016 um i think that scared investors pushed it off to 2018 but still you know something to keep in mind for the long-term horizon which we like to try and follow is that when he retires like finding that management transition will kind it of, have it's leadership. in my opinion it's almost the same level as when steve jobs passed and it passed and the you know the reins passed on to tim cook right and that's significant yeah no it is a big deal very good. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Vince. Thank you, Can't Sean. Wait to go to the movies. And if you are a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at focusatfool.com. Again, that is focusatfool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. That's it for us, fools. Thanks for listening, and fool on. Fool on.